This is the My Michelle Live podcast. Weekend Review. A look back at the week. It's My Michelle Live Weekend Review. Here's Michelle. And co-host Adam Rosiri as we look at what's going on this week. A look back at the news of the week. There's a way of seeing things for one group of people. But not for y'all. It's hypocrisy at its finest, Adam. And that's what we're seeing. One thing for me, but not for thee in this week's news. Michelle, really, it's like you said, if it's not spun, it's gaslit. Like that's just the reality of the news today and this week and this year. And what we're talking about now is just, I guess this year too, another theme has been rewriting the English language. And the word recession is one that has come to mind and come to been at issue this past week. We are literally at that point where we've had two straight recessions of a shrinking economy. Literally, we've had the economy getting smaller for half a year. The traditional rule of thumb for when an economy is in a recession is a literally a decline in gross domestic product. And that's where we're at. But you can't use the R word. Michelle, in 2008, <laughs> this guy named Brian Deese, he's been all over the news this week. And it's because he is the top dog over there at the National Economic Council. He's the director. And in 2008, he wrote that economists have a technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth, basically what I just said. But on Wednesday of this week, he said two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of recession. And he's not the only one. Treasury Secretary Yellen on Sunday, she said, we are not in a recession now. Even if GDP declines for a second straight quarter, that's not the technical definition of a recession. So. Michelle, you have people who are saying that this isn't a recession. Just a few weeks ago, people were saying that they couldn't define what a woman was, despite in past years them being on record <laughs> stating very clearly the actual definition of woman. And so now I'm just like looking at the coverage of the week and I took note of MSNBC and this one talking head they have over there, Stephanie Rule, and she was talking to Brian Deese and he was literally re- trying to redefine his own definition for recession. Um not even his own definition, like the actual economic definition of recession. And they're spinning this thing in a way to just get as far away from the R word as possible to the point of they're saying recovery. Like on MSNBC, they were saying we are in an economic recovery, which is a joke. It's laughable because we're not in a recovery. We're literally like in the definition of a recession right now. Life is hard for businesses. Well, Life is hard for people that work whose for Whose definition? The dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. And so for them to say, okay, we're not in a recession, guys. Actually, we are in a state of recovery. All they can point to is the dip in gas prices that, thank goodness, we've seen most recently. But when you look at reports that actually do have data behind them, there was a report from a AAA, right? We all know AAA, right? When your car gets a flat tire, call AAA if you have a membership. They'll help you fix that. AAA said prices are down in the gas market because people are driving less. It's a matter of supply and demand. It's not because we're in a recovery. There is no recovery right now. We're in a recession. Gas prices are down because less people are on the roads because it's really expensive to drive your car. Um, I'm sure most people that listen to this podcast can relate. Like you're probably not driving as much right now as you used to. You're finding ways to conserve gas. There's always a peak in the summertime when gas prices hit the highest and Frankly, Memorial Day holiday, that was when they were at historic highs this year. What is a recession then? You mentioned the defining what a woman is. Okay, what is a woman? I'm right. sorry, I'm not a biologist. Okay, so what is a recession? I'm sorry, I'm not an economist, but I will <laughs> give you what one economist is saying that we're in what they're calling a perfect 
storm, rampant inflation, and a housing collapse together. Under normal circumstances, this would never happen. You wouldn't have crazy inflation and a housing collapse. But the Fed has created it. Thank you very much, federal government. It's what they're calling a colossal monster, which is going to be really difficult to tame. Meanwhile, the most epic housing bubble in the history of our country is bursting. So in all of that, this is causing a perfect storm. But then again, what's the definition of a perfect storm? I'm not a meteorologist, so... Thank you very much. <laughs> that's the thing, Michelle, right? We are literally... And they're right, too. The perfect storm for us economically, think about this, really high prices and very little consumer activity. That is the perfect storm, right? Nobody's buying anything. Everything's very expensive. Businesses are going under. People are not able to buy food for their kids. Come on, we're building back better, Adam. (laughs) Building back broke. That's just, that's the reality. And now Biden's trying to push this inflation recovery bill that's just going to put us even deeper in the hole. Anybody that's in a relationship, right? If you say the wrong thing to your spouse and then you just keep on digging, like the, the best thing to actually do in that situation is to stop, take a breath and reverse course, not to keep on digging deeper, Right. Here, we're literally seeing our government and our economic policies being driven by people who have no professional experience, and they're continuing to make one bad decision after another. And now the idea of us just digging another trench, I'll just throw another 500 billion at it and see what happens, right? When you go to farm and you plant a seed that grows and it produces fruit for you, it's called, that's an investment, right? When you go and you light cash on fire, for things that don't actually create any sustaining or long-term or like value, right? Is not how you spend money. That's not an investment. That's just burning cash. And that's what we're doing here. We're burning cash. Our government, our federal reserve is going nuts. Our, the inflation is going crazy. As I mentioned, the housing bubble is bursting. I don't care what you think about gas. The gas prices go while going down, over the week and remember they're going down and they always go down after the 4th of July weekend by the way but what we do see is a group of elitists or spin doctors saying see everything's great it's getting better it's all wonderful so either they're lying to us to make things look better and they think we're just stupid enough to buy it and some of us are and sometimes we do or they're so ingrained in their own world that they're used to spending more than most of us on luxury items. $5, $6, $8 a gallon of gas. It's not going to make or break them. They recommend that we all go and we all buy $60,000 electronic vehicles. Oh, the solution, guys, is to go buy vehicles that are 20000 or more above the average, like actually gas consuming vehicle. And oh, by the way, like when you plug that electric vehicle in, where does that power come from? Whoops. Um, Awkward. I think it comes from the grid, which comes mostly from coal, and depending on your state. I can think of, oh, by the way, Texas, right? We have more wind power than most every state in the country. We've also had a lot of outages, right? Like when the wind doesn't blow, there's no wind power. When the sun doesn't shine, there's no solar. A really good clean energy option that keeps getting stonewalled by the, well, by the government and environmentalists, nuclear power is really clean and really efficient really reliable and very robust. Good nuclear power would solve a lot of our problems here. On the whole build back broke thing, guys call to action, 
reach out to your senators in Arizona, Nevada, West Virginia, and Georgia. Good Tell point. them that you do not support inflation going up. Tell them that you don't support election year vote buying because that's what's going on with a lot of this garbage. And those same people that you're reaching out to, like Michelle was saying, these are people that are really like they're hedging their bets right now. They're like, is Joe Biden going to be our guy? And the next one, he's going to be in his 80s. They're all afraid right now to say really what 75% of Democrat voters are saying already, which is we don't want him to run again for office because it's just what has he done? What has he done? Joe what Manchin is one of he was the, on the Democrats. Crafts. He was on uh, Chris Cuomo's podcast, right? And by the way, that guy just got a new job. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Little Cuomo's on a News Nation now, News Nation. Uh, but he was on his podcast, and Joe Manchin said, "I don't know who is going to be running if Joe Biden runs again, and he is the Democrat nominee. Depending on who the Republican nominee is, we will just have to wait and see." And Chris Cuomo immediately said, "Man, it's almost unprecedented for a sitting Democrat senator to not just immediately support." a sitting Democrat president, a guy within his own party. And, that, and yet that's exactly what you're seeing from people like Joe Manchin, but also others within the party. Every prominent Democrat who's got a campaign coming up in November, they are really just giving you a whole, they're just deflecting, right? These Democrat politicians are dodging this question like they're Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. 75% <laughs> of Democrat voters want someone other than Biden in 2024. So that really is saying Oh, and by something. the way, Michelle, that's a CNN poll. Yes. My prediction was, was already that the media is going to take out Joe Biden first and do the dirty work for their friends. Ah, <laughs> prediction. Sure we enough, got a prediction, a folks. Saying, oh, yeah, 75% of you don't want you, buddy. We got a prediction, folks. Uh, let's move on to some other big news that needs to be unspun this week. Hunter Biden, he's still in the news, and yet he's still not. Make sense of that <laughs> one. Know, I actually, I tweeted a little bit ago, Michelle, <laughs> and it was like, there are more photos and videos of Hunter Biden naked doing crack and hookers than there are of him clothed and not doing crack and hookers. <laughs> there is more Sad. terrible stuff out there publicly Sad. available for the FBI to look at, for the ATF to review, for everyone that cast a vote to review and beyond. There's so much bad stuff out there on this guy. And I think it's just a, it's a head scratcher. Like, what more do you guys need? You being the law enforcement community, what more do you need, Merrick Garland? What more do you need, FBI, to take these allegations of Hunter Biden's miss, his shortcomings, his bad deeds, his evil doings, money laundering, tax fraud, foreign influence peddling, illegal firearms purchases, sleeping with his dead brother's spouse and her sister there's it's just it's a long laundry list of terrible things that only a terrible person would do or does it take to actually get these things on record let's talk about why that matters it matters because if it were you would have already been tossed away and the key thrown out the connections with the president that have been shown and proven but underplayed spun, denied, and continued to be denied, even though Biden has confessed to it at, at certain times. It's just not talked about. And it, it really right. should be. If it were Trump, it should be. If it were Clinton, it should be. If it were a Bush, it should be. It needs, justice has to be the same regardless, but we're not seeing this. The FBI is downplaying, discrediting negative information about Hunter Biden, and there's a problem here. And the third right. thing that's the issue is 
do you want your FBI to be dirty? Do you want the FBI to be politically driven? We want the courts to be politically driven. We want sports to be politically driven. Why wouldn't we want the FBI to be politically driven? So we're redefining, once again, two, two themes today, redefining what something means, redefining the FBI and rules for one, but not for the other. Another example is Senator Rob Johnson saying the FBI gave GOP senators the runaround to prevent damage to Biden campaign. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. And Senator Grassley was right there with Rob Johnson. And basically they were reacting to whistle, like, to, to highly credible whistleblowers that came into their office. And I guarantee you, when you dig into who those whistleblowers are, at the appropriate time, their identities will be known if that's what happens. It's not like an Adam Schiff whistleblower situation that was totally made up from a Hillary Clinton fund, funded joke of, a, of an investigator. Senator Grassley said that in light of the allegations that have been surrounding Hunter Biden now for years, he said he's very concerned that political bias by a select group of Justice Department and FBI officials has infected the Justice Department's and the FBI's usual process and procedure to open and pursue high profile and politically charged investigations. This should come as no shock to anybody listening to the show. We saw big media align itself with big tech to very quickly stifle the Hunter Biden laptop story right at the peak of the election. We also know that following polls that came after the election, once that story was validated by the fake media that tried to stifle it, they said, oh my gosh, if we knew of that story, maybe our vote would have been impacted. Maybe we wouldn't have voted for the big guy. Like Maybe we wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. And in fact, Joe Biden and the DNC establishment is very buddy-buddy and intertwined with those who are leading some of our most important institutions. And if we lose faith and we lose credit in the FBI and the, the court system, what a terrible thing for America. Those institutions have to be protected. They have to operate with the highest levels of integrity. And when you have facts coming out, and you, you have criminal lawsuits being pursued when we find out that FBI lawyers are doctoring emails and they're falsifying information and warrants to go after someone for That's some political horrific hit job, corruption. a huge problem. Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, sent a letter to the FBI director, Chris Way, just this week, calling for a briefing on the issue of crisis pregnancy centers that are being battered hundreds of crisis pregnancy centers across the nation. And because this is a political issue, you have Elizabeth Warren saying, we need to take these places out. I love that she said under under false pretenses, they're making people think that they could get abortions there because they say crisis pregnancy in in their name. And then they go and find that they're giving them information on how not to brutally rip apart a baby's body with in the womb. How horrible is this? These need to be brought down. We're seeing a political response and possibly a political response from the FBI. This is where we're, we really are seeing rules for one and not for the other. So if we might, Adam, let's switch gears from the FBI to the world stage and how China is a darling. The very things that, that we're angry about, we say certain lives matter, but we ignore the egregious acts of China because, well, it's beneficial to us and maybe they'll fund our campaign. And well, the quote from Mark Cuban was, well, China, China's a customer also. 
boom. China's a customer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just let them get away with uh, atrocities against other humans. I want you all to pay attention to uh, this report where the batteries that you use have blood on them, and it's from China. Listen. Chinese government-backed mining companies are using Congolese children to mine cobalt, a key in electric car batteries. Are American car makers helping China to exploit African children? How horrible is that? Little children working as slaves. We want reparations for people who have every opportunity, though in some economically depressed areas, it's difficult to see it that way. I totally get that. In our ghettos in America, it can be difficult. But even the people in our ghettos, as unfortunate and egregious as it is, have more opportunities than most people. We are well, in America the 1%. Michelle, you can come from the roughest neighborhood in our country, the roughest neighborhood, and you can literally elevate yourself to president of the United States within your lifetime. That's the reality of our place. You can. I mean, Is it America, likely? Right? Probably not because it's a difficult world, but you can. And that's the stories that we love to hear. That's the American dream that if you work hard enough, if you never give up, you can find a way. Can these slave children in China find a way? No, Adam, no they cannot. Not, not only that, Ted Cruz is trying to hold the Biden administration right. to task over slavery. These children come in in debt to vicious cartels, thousands and thousands of dollars. This the is on your border. boys work for the gangs in every Adam. city in America. And the teenage girls experience a hell worse than that, with far too many of them human trafficked into sex slavery. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are responsible for the worst plague of slavery in America since the Civil War. This is not compassionate. This is not humane. This is barbaric. You have the mayors of D.C. and New York City complaining about their homeless shelters not being able to support the few thousand migrants that have made it to their cities. And you have the southern border of Texas and Arizona. We've seen over three and a half million people come through the border. And this is all feeding that narco sex trafficking industry. It's a huge industry. Joe Biden has made every organized crime leader just immensely more wealthy uh, by his terrible and flawed po uh, policies and his inaction and inability to solve real problems. The impact on children. Uh, little boys, little girls in particular, just it's unimaginable. And frankly, it's shameful. I, what you're seeing on your screen is another news story that we wanted to get to. Speaking of mayors, this is another example of rules for me, but not for the kind of redefining <laughs> you know, how and, things uh, are for Michelle, different people. I'm a little people. thankful for this story, too, just because it's a little bit lighter. Like, it's like that pivot. Okay, take a breath and just realize how ridiculous this one is. First of all, like Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, like the queen of false advertising. You just look at her campaign photo versus what she actually bought. It's like what was advertised, what she ended up with. This story is about her refusing to pay a, a, several speeding tickets to the point where uh, one of the SUVs that's used for her security detail 
right now it's actually eligible to be booted and impounded <laughs> and she's the mayor of chicago there are three speeding tickets and two warnings that are currently outstanding and just to add the cherry to the sunday here these speeding tickets were awarded to her because stupid things get stupid prizes by the uh, those speeding cameras you ever see those speeding cameras they're just like at the intersections and they they can measure your speed. They can catch your license plate. And then you're awarded I'm with a well, well acquainted with those, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's what this is here. And Lori Lightfoot has been advocating for stricter speeding camera enforcement. And guess what? She got it. But Lori, you got to pay the bill. Like you got to pay the bill. So far, the city has validated that she has paid nothing. And that's why one of her security vehicles is currently eligible to be booted and impounded. But will booted it? And scooted. Nah, it won't, because there's no. rules for thee, but not for me. This is human issue. We might sound like we are pounding on Democrats or maybe the left-leaning ideology, but it really is not a a political problem as it is a sin problem. That's why we always try to get to the God story. This next story epitomizes it. I don't care what a darling you think or a victim you think the Ukraine is. Mm -hmm. But the first folks of the Ukraine, Zelensky and his wife, are coming under fire. They had a Vogue shoot. In the midst of their whole world being turned upside down, people dying, they're going to be pretty people on Vogue. So yeah, there they are in Vogue. Lovely. And like Sean Penn wasn't in the background there some, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, really? Is you're going to take time out while people are suffering and dying and maybe not have enough food to eat and be on the cover of Vogue. How out of touch is that? I, there is a place where people are so out of touch with everyday people that they can no longer effectively hold themselves accountable. And that's where our system of government was supposed to be of, by, and for we the people, not the senators who are taking a vote tomorrow so their husbands can invest and you know, make millions, not for those who have a health care system that is superior and then vote on the health care system that is for everybody else, and not for situations where you can get speeding tickets and parking tickets and ignore them. Other big stories that are going on, Title IX has a 60-day commitment period that is open now. Let's talk about that, Adam. Yeah. So there's this comment period that basically allows the public to share their thoughts with the agency that will make certain changes, in this case, the Department of Education, to a policy. And so we're in the 60-day comment period that ends September 12th. And in a nutshell, the Biden Department of Education is seeking to redefine the word sex as used in Title IX to basically include quote, sex stereotypes, sex-related characteristics, including intersex traits, pregnancy or related conditions, sexual orientation, and gender identity. The consequences of this rule change will be huge. It will deprive women of privacy and safety. So you have men who identify as women that will be allowed access to women's bathrooms, locker rooms, dorms, overnight accommodations, sports, or any other sex-segregated activity and let's not forget about the the trans person who was in the New Jersey jail who just impregnated two women. Like, what could go wrong there? The new changes will contradict state laws in 13 states that protect students and prevent male athletes from competing in women's sports. There have already been many very competitive young girls and, and women who have been basically 
down downgraded by being forced to compete against the swimmer Will Thomas, who goes by Leah Thomas these days. Women being deprived of access to scholarships, to national titles, to frankly, some life-changing opportunities. This new change will negatively impact educational and career opportunities for women. I found an interesting stat that 94% of senior female executives played competitive sports at one point. So by allowing males to compete in women's sports, you're going to basically diminish or eliminate women's or women and girls' ability to play competitively, which is just terrible. It will basically distort justice and undermine due process protections for those who are accused of certain things. Um, and basically, these changes in general are going to harm childhood development. Redefining sex and gender is giving into the woke mob's attack on the family, the woke mob's attack on truth, trying to redefine and kind of refocus what's important in our worlds. Cultural appropriation, not okay, but gender appropriation is. Wrap your mind around that one. I wanted to hit a poll of people, 75% in this poll think biological men have no place in a woman's bathroom. Over 60% say this has just gone too far. Thomas, Not just men too, it's boys and girls, right? Think about an eighth grade girl's locker room outside of a ballet performance. Then all of a sudden you have a male dancer who identifies as a girl who's walking around a bunch of, of, of other eighth graders. Like, they're not they're they're blurring the lines of age also it's you got to protect your kids okay but age. you got to protect your adults too this totally blurs that line why can't someone your age identify as a 12 year old boy and play 12 year old boy sports and why not it's the same reason it. i can't identify as a dolphin and swim long distances underwater for long periods of time <laughs> go ahead <laughs> leah thomas has been kicked out of the running for the ncaa woman of the year award the ivy league on monday named columbian university fencer sylvie binder as their nominee if you're gonna make this a thing michelle it should be like Make a carve out a different category for like trans sure. woman. And I still have an issue like the trans person, like whatever the word might be, like carve out a separate distinction or category for that particular competitor. But you got to protect the biological women and the biological men. Like you got to still like at least try to be in the the realm of truth, right? I think that would be fair. I'm not opposed to adults doing whatever you want. You can dress how you want. You can identify as a lamppost if that makes you happy. Don't expect that I have to recognize that. You get to redefine me. I have to be a cis woman. Why can't I identify as what I want to identify as? A woman. Why, if you have get your own pronouns, I don't get my own adjectives. I want you to call me Michelle Mendoza, the supreme being. Why? Where? <laughs> there is no logic. And here's what I'm asking you as you're watching, listening, or viewing. Follow a worldview to its logical conclusion. When it breaks down and it becomes absolutely ridiculous, which is where we're almost living right now. No, it's absolutely where we're living right now. Your worldview doesn't work. A biblical worldview, check it out, try it, bring it to the test, hard test, and see where it plays out. But this is not over. There was a judge that had recently said that a 10-year-old boy that identifies as a girl can rejoin the softball team so it's still oh, it's still whoa, in a whoa, crazy Michelle, world i get these headlines are so dangerous because the headline is literally judge says 10 year old girl can rejoin right? but then you like you click it and then you're like wait a minute i thought it was a 10 year old girl no it's a 10 year old boy who says he's a girl like 
these headlines, man, like you got to really read these articles these days to, to know what the heck they're saying. And this leads us to beyond Title IX to the Defense of Marriage. Now, the Defense of Marriage Act was product of the 104th Congress. It's a federal law that recognizes marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Why did it? Why did should it have to? Because the institution of marriage was a religious institution that society adopted. It's been the same institution pretty much universally through the world, actually, for as long as recorded history can be looked at. One man and one woman. It's a byproduct of the church. God was the one who invented the institution. So who are we to redefine marriage to begin with? Adam, it would be the same as uh, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper or taking communion. The government going in and saying, some people like to have beer and pizza. Why can't they call communion beer and pizza? You can call it whatever you want, but This is what communion is. It's a tasteless wafer and some kind of juicy grape thing, right? Drink. (laughs) This is what communion is. And this is what the church has had as communion all of these years. Why change it? It's the same with marriage. And I have no problem with adults making whatever decision you're going to make. You shouldn't have to be hurt over it, hated over it. But if Someone wants to call you to task and say, well, it's not really a biblical idea of, uh, then we should have that conversation in respect and love. You want to have a domestic partner? You want to have rights as a domestic partner? I don't care what you do in your bedroom. None of my business is as long as it's consensual and no one's getting hurt. Fine. Great. But you shouldn't be able to call it marriage. The Senate has introduced a bipartisan respect for Marriage Act, which just seems um, heretical to begin with, because there, it's not a respect for marriage. But what it is, what it would do would be to dismantle the Defense of Marriage Act and recognize that anywhere marriage is legal, in any means, whether it means polygamy, marriage to a dog, which, yep, by the right. way, a lot of Democrats are looking at giving personhood to animals. So if they have personhood, why wouldn't we be able to marry our dog? Michelle, I read a couple of years ago, I read this article about this lady who married her blanket. Yes. And or a was, woman who married a bridge. No, no kidding. <laughs> a, a man. There's been a so man I who married his car. So much, I'm going to marry it. As a man who married his car, and I will not get into it, but he swears he's been able to consummate the marriage. So, uh, yeah, don't, yeah, (laughs) TMI, Michelle, TMI. Don't ask how, right? (laughs) So we have a logical way that we're looking at things leads to a ridiculous end. But there has been a this Defensive Marriage Act that's been initiated. So we'll see where that goes. Crazy things in the news. The final thing that we wanted to get to is a COVID-19 update with vaccines and all the likes. So you're oh going gosh. to love this. back in the news, Michelle? What's going of course on here with he is. Update? Yeah, of course he is. He claims he never recommended COVID-19 lockdowns. Oh, contrary, sir. Like we've seen, we saw clips of him recommending lockdowns and 
masking and then saying no masks. He's, he said everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> yes. So there you go. You have Fauci saying that oh, I never recommended these lockdowns. Oh, I don't know. Next, he's going to say he never recommended vaccines, I bet. And speaking of vaccines, four in 10 parents say they will absolutely, definitely, no freaking way let their kids get jabbed. Why is this important? Because you are not only not hearing what's going on, the vaccine injured are absolutely being ignored. There are more government reports of vaccine injured people than all other vaccines combined. This is truth. And it's something that you can readily find when you look at the VARS reporting system from our government. And even if just one tenth of those were legitimate, let's just say some of them are just outlandish, you still have more than all of the other vaccines combined, Adam. This is huge. The vaccine injured are absolutely being ignored for political gain. And and right. the injury syndrome and suppression of early COVID treatment is being, uh, it, it's all political. And if you listen to the weekly report of our sports time out, we always talk about, and we will talk about at least two or three every week, young, healthy, professional athletes that are dropping dead of cardiovascular issues. They're having heart attacks. Why is this humongous uptick in deaths? And where is all the compassion for, that people touted when demanding these vaccines? You got to care about other people. Now, all of a sudden, we do not care, Adam. Not going to lie, Michelle, when I hear the words COVID, jab, and child right now, like I, I just, my in my mind, the thing that I see is I see a future like a scenario in October when my child is born and the ch child jab and COVID, I think of my wife throwing a jab at any doctor that would try and <laughs> stick that COVID needle into my kid. Yeah, it's, it, There's please. no data to support that a child and their incredibly resilient immune system isn't totally prepared to take on what the world has in store for that child's body. Like no. why wouldn't you give this human, like this perfect human who's been given this incredible thing called an immune system, the ability to get natural immunity when you have this un, this largely unsubstantiated vaccine with metals in it. It's like, if it's not some sort of like of cardio related issue, then it's autism, then it's this and that. We don't know what the result from this vaccine could be. And there's no reason why a child shouldn't be given the total opportunity to fight that disease naturally. And we don't know what the outcome will be 10 years down the road or into their adulthood. This is an unprecedented experiment that has been initiated on the human population. I'm not opposed to vaccines. I am opposed to not being able to have conversation because vaccines have had adjuvants that have caused all manner of problems in people that we're not allowed to talk about. And these are just regular vaccines. Vaccines well, have been pushed on us when they may not always be necessary for newborn babies who are breastfeeding, for example. Look at the studies. We should be able to have conversation about this. We should be able to make our own health decisions. And if there's a danger to society, then you should 
take other measures. That's fine. Right. But my right. goodness, what we've done to ourselves is ridiculous and we're not allowed to talk about. It. In fact, yeah. this program won't be able to be aired on YouTube because YouTube, I, how many times have I had to start a new YouTube channel? Because <laughs> it's whackable with Michelle. If, She's like, I'm here again. Yeah, I know. Whack a Michelle right. like, is what it is. With a side effect of something might be death. Like you should have a, you should have a say in whether or not that's going to be a thing <laughs> for you, right? If the side effect equals death, then I sure as heck want a freaking option of whether or not I'm going to take that risk. And now when you have doctors who are not even allowed to file vaccine injury reports without being in fear for losing their jobs, that's absurd and that's tyranny and that's not okay. And that's the kind of thing that we used to make fun of in the Soviet Union, the kind of exactly. uh, propaganda and tyranny. And now we're here. And so this is where it gets to the God story. We've been talking about two things, rules for me, but not for the Bible. In God, God says he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care if you're the king or your slave. You have value to God for all of sin to fall short of God's glory. But for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes on him, you don't have to pass a litmus test of your politics or your background or your social economic standing. He's also the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we talk about redefining the news, the definitions that God lays out don't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he even says, hey, come, let's reason together. Test me, try me, prove me. Let's reason things out. If God's not afraid of reasoning, who are we to cancel, to turn off, to deny? Who are we to do that? Truly. So we're asking you to follow your worldview to the logical end, to like us, share and to subscribe, because in doing so, you truly help to propagate another story, Unspun News, the God story. Adam, bring us home. Bring it at home. Yeah, let your voices be heard. Reach out to your senators. Let them know how you feel about real things that are on the table right now, about how the government's going to use the money that you pay into the system every year, about what the government might do with redefining what Title IX does to your kids and to our future. Let your voice be heard because it does, as long as when I last checked, it still matters. Your voice still counts. Your vote still counts. But it won't if you don't let it. So do your part. And Michelle said, share us, like us, subscribe. For fun, go to mymichellelive.com. Thanks, guys.